in the churches that preach the rapture, they also preach that the earth that is left behind becomes basically hell, becomes a hellhole, becomes a place that is evil and ugly and in a sense kind of basically on fire. It's not a place that you want to be. non-binary friends. It is I, your host, Sydney Davis Jr. Jr. back for another episode of Growing Up Fundy. And today we are actually going to be exploring an article that I was sent by a dear friend of mine and longtime supporter slash former stand-up comedy student. His name's Chris. I'm just going to call him Chris because I don't think I asked him if I could use his full name. Thank you, Chris, for sending me this article. My dog is sneezing. So we're going to be exploring the article from CNN titled, For Some Christians, Rapture Anxiety Can Take a Lifetime to Heal. Just to kind of give you an idea of what we're about to dive into. So let's just go ahead and start. 13-year-old April Ajoy had a sense something wasn't right. It was quiet in her Dallas house. Too quiet. Her brothers were gone. Her parents were gone. On her parents' bed, a pile of her mother's clothes signaled something terrifying. Ajoy's mind began churning, trying to remember when was the last time she had sinned. Should she refuse the mark of the beast? At least, she thought, if she was put to the guillotine during the time of tribulation, it would be a quick death. From the moment they are old enough to understand, millions of people raised in certain Christian communities are taught that the rapture is something that can happen at any time. Though there are different schools of thought as to how such an event could go, the basic idea is the same. Righteous Christians ascend into heaven while the rest are left behind to suffer. However it happens, it is something to be both feared and welcomed, to be prayed about and prepared for every moment of a believer's life. Ajoy grew up in an evangelical church, surrounded by constant reminders that the rapture was just around the corner. She was taught to never sin, since it could be the very last thing she did before Jesus returned to the earth. Dramatic rapture-themed books and movies created as fiction were presented as real glimpses into the end of the world. When I was probably eight or nine, I remember my brothers and I spending a good 30 minutes looking into the sky, Ajoy tells CNN. We took turns counting down from 10, and in that time, we were convinced Jesus would come back. Now 34, Ajoy is one of a growing network of ex-evangelicals who have removed themselves from what they now view as the damaging beliefs of some evangelical, Pentecostal, and Baptist churches. She runs a popular TikTok account discussing faith and, among other things, the effects of trauma, I'm sorry, the effects of traumatic religious experiences that can last for years, even a lifetime. Rapture anxiety, as it is often called, is recognized by some faith experts and mental health professionals as a type of religious trauma. Darren Slade, the president and CEO of the Global Center for Religious Research, has been studying religious trauma across several faiths and denominations for years. This is a real thing. It's a chronic problem, he says of rapture anxiety. This is the new area of study, but in general, our research has revealed that religious trauma leads to an increase of anxiety, depression, paranoia, and even some OCD-like behaviors. I need to say this prayer of salvation so many times. I need to confess my sins so often, etc. Now imagine, he continues, you are taught that at any minute you could be left here on earth. What does that do to the teenager who just had premarital sex or even simply took the Lord's name in vain? 
Experiences like Ajoy's, a latent fear of an impending, inevitable end, are very common among communities of religious trauma survivors. On social media, former church members recall being tricked by church leaders into watching violent rapture-themed films or crying themselves to sleep, thinking about people and pets that would be left behind when the end finally came. Chelsea Wilson of Marietta, Georgia, tells CNN that while growing up in an evangelical community, talk of the rapture was so intrinsic that children would play pranks to scare each other into believing everyone around them had been raptured. As if, Wilson says, it were, scary, it were a scary campfire story. The concept of the rapture, known theologically as dispensational premillennialism, is not prevalent in Catholic or mainline Protestant denominations like Episcopalianism or Presbyterianism, and it is most commonly adhered to in evangelical and fundamental churches. This line of theology draws heavily upon a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians included in the Bible that says believers in Jesus would be snatched or seized into the air. Interpretations of this verse vary widely among Christian leaders, many of whom see it as a common example of poetic metaphor among Paul's writings. However, this striking imagery forms the basis of a lot of modern ideas about the rapture. So much so, Slade says it's not uncommon for people with religious trauma to report having a fear of heights as they imagine their final ascent. Survivors also cite the influence of fiction works like Left Behind, the book series, and the, the year 2000 movie adaptation, which they say were presented in their church circles as an accurate glimpse into the post-rapture future. These works have reached such a level of infamy in these faith communities that some survivors say the description of suffering and terror in the series greatly influenced their rapture-related fears. There is a reason Ajoy's initial thought of the guillotine seemed oddly specific. It features in a graphic execution scene from the 1972 rapture film, A Thief in the Night. Slade knows just how deep modern rapture theology can go. As a Baptist preacher and religious scholar, he was surrounded by peers who would attend end of days or end of times conferences. These meetings, many of which are still held today, focus heavily on events in the Christian book of Revelations and attempt to connect scriptural elements with current events in the world. It's why fringe groups are left in the lurch when predictions about the end of days don't manifest. However, Slade's biblical studies eventually led him to an uncomfortable truth. The rapture, as it is taught in some Baptist, evangelical, and fundamentalist communities, is scantly mentioned in the Bible. In fact, modern rapture theology only dates back to the 1800s. This and other realizations led Slade to leave the Christian faith and focus his energy on the academic side of religion. It was a devastating transition. He's quoted as saying, I lost my family, I lost my community, I lost everything. Eventually, he was diagnosed with complex PTSD from his experience. For Christians who begin to question their beliefs, the fear of what could happen if they name their doubts out loud can be just as overwhelming as the rapture anxiety itself. It's taboo to talk about, Ajoy says, because there's this idea that if you need to worry about the rapture, well, what have you done to worry about? Ajoy, who still, who still identifies as a Christian, first questioned rapture theology when she was in her late teens after discovering that the word rapture doesn't appear in the Bible at all. Years later, she mustered the courage to ask a question in a closed Facebook group. Did anyone else ever genuinely think they got left behind as kids? The post received hundreds of responses. So many people said, I thought I was the only one, Ajoy says. Slade says suffering in silence and the threat of losing one's entire community compounds religious trauma. Finding other people who have similar experiences can provide much-needed voice in the wilderness of doubt. It can also lead people to redefine their faith or abandon it altogether. 
The number of Americans identifying as Christians has been steadily dropping for years. A 2022 Pew Research survey estimates about 64% of Americans identify as Christians, but that number could drop below half by 2070 and could be surpassing by a majority population with no religious affiliation. There's no doubt that we are seeing a major paradigm shift in Christianity, he says. One of the common things people are deconstructing for is they don't feel welcome. They don't feel the church matches their personal values. They are tired of what they see as a system peddling in shame and rejection. Nearly every day, Ajoy gets messages from TikTok followers who are grateful for her content and grateful for a safe place to be able to bear witness to pain and religious memories. It still surprises me how many people think they are going through this alone, she says. Even now, Ajoy admits that every once in a blue moon, when the house gets quiet and she can't see her partner or children, she still feels a reflexive pang of panic. To people who are going through this, who are questioning, I want to say that there is no fear in love. She says, you shouldn't have to be afraid of the answer. I wanted to make sure that we covered this topic because I think this particular topic is really important and it's something that you hardly ever even hear about. In fact, I had never even heard of it called rapture anxiety. I'd never heard it referred to in a specific term just for it. Um, but rapture anxiety is real. And I remember as a kid wondering what I would do if, just like the Left Behind movies, I was left behind, right? And I didn't even grow up in that staunch or evangelical of a church. I just grew up in kind of a pretty baseline normal Baptist church. But I remember watching those Left Behind movies and wondering, like, what would happen to me if I was left behind? What could I do that would get me left behind? Even though I was saved, which we're told, at least in the Baptist church, gives you a ticket to heaven. I wondered if that still meant that I was open to the opportunity to being left behind or if there was a sin I could commit or a number of times I didn't go to church or a number of times that I didn't pray or something like that that could still leave me open and vulnerable to being left behind on earth. Now, for those of you wondering, if you've never heard of the rapture, though you're like, what's so bad about being left on earth? It's not so bad here. In those, the... In the churches that preach the rapture, they also preach that the earth that is left behind becomes basically hell, becomes a hellhole, becomes a place that is evil and ugly and in a sense kind of basically on fire. It's not a place that you want to be. So when you are raptured and you're taken to heaven along with the other Christians, you know, you leave the earth, you go to heaven. In a lot of the imagery, your clothes are kind of left in place as you're just just rocket shipped basically to heaven. But those who are left behind are basically left in a very purge type um, society, I suppose. It's not the earth that you know now. It's not the world that you know now. Things don't continue to go on. You don't go to work the next day and just see a lot of people missing. It's hellfire and brimstone. It's people going crazy. It's riots in the streets. It's people being scared and killing each other and committing crimes. Basically, in this idea, once the rapture has happened and Christians go to heaven, the devil takes over the earth. The mark of the beast they referenced is something that we talk about in Christianity where you're basically tattooed with a number or an identifier of some way that you have to have in order to exist in this new world um, post-rapture in order to function in the society that's left post-rapture. You get the mark of the beast, whether it's a number, whether it's a barcode. A lot of people claimed that the COVID vaccine was the mark of the beast. Pretty wild. So that's kind of that answer there in case you were wondering, because this didn't really go into a lot of background. And I know that some people listening to this have no idea about Christian theology or Baptist theology or evangelical or fundamentalist theology. And so that's kind of where that idea comes from. And so 
that's why there is this horrible fear because even as you start to deconstruct, even as you start to leave the church, you always wonder, what if this is the beginning of those times? What if this urge to leave the church is what the church always warned me about, the devil kind of tempting me, and I'm going to be left on earth for the rest of eternity to live this hellfire and brimstone planet led by the devil when all of my loved ones go to heaven, et cetera, et cetera. Or maybe you're very confident in your resolve to go to heaven, but then you wonder what you're going to do when the people that you care about the most are left behind to suffer. And so that's why this is so traumatic. That's why this is horrible. To people on the outside, it might sound like, oh, everybody who deserves to go to heaven goes to heaven and everybody else is just left on earth. What's so bad about that? But they didn't really delve into the actual message behind what happens to you once you are left behind. And that was a very popular book series when I was growing up in the 90s. And that was a very popular um, movie film series adaptation starring uh, Kirk Cameron, oddly enough. And those movies were touted as a pretty realistic example of what happens to you when you get left behind or what happens to you when you're not Christian, at least realistic in terms of what we had been told. And so that's why it's scary. That's why it's terrifying. That's why even as you start to deconstruct and admit to yourself that you may not necessarily believe what the Bible is telling you or believe what you're told in church, there's still that little inkling in the back of your mind, what if it's true? And that's one of the most difficult things about deconstructing is you always wonder, what if? Even when you're entirely confident in your resolve to no longer be religious or never having been religious, even if you've never seen an ounce of proof that you needed that any of it is real, even if you're 100% sure that when we die, we die, we are biological beings, we are never going anywhere after earth, that's what makes this so terrifying is that in the back of your mind, there will always be that tiny, even the tiniest little inkling of a feeling that makes you ask, what if I'm wrong? What if it's all been real? What if this is all true and I'm going to suffer the consequences of my actions afterward? That'll always be a question for most people. In fact, I would say everybody that I've spoken to who has deconstructed says that they still think that. I still think that. When I tell people all the time, I joke, but also don't joke. I will always pray when there's turbulence on a plane. <laughs> when there's turbulence on a plane, I catch myself praying to God that I don't die. Um, and forgive me for all my sins, right? But jokes aside, I thought this was a very interesting article, and I think what I'm going to do next is maybe go over the difference in a, in a new episode coming up about the difference between evangelical and fundamentalist beliefs, because there are a lot of differences. A lot of people don't know that. They think they're the same. But until then, um, I would say I encourage you to look up the rapture and what it's about, but also I can see how that would be very triggering for some people and very traumatic. So if you're unfamiliar with the rapture and you don't think it's going to trigger you, um, then go ahead and look it up. But if you don't feel like it, just know that all it is is there's these, this fundamentalist slash evangelical Christian belief that one day God will come back to earth again, or Jesus will, sorry, and take all of the Christians to heaven who deserve to go to heaven. And anyone who didn't believe in God or Jesus or ask forgiveness um, will be left on earth to basically suffer the wrath of the devil and the beast for eternity. It's quite scary. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was an article from CNN. I'll link it in the show notes. Thanks again, Chris, for sending me that link. Appreciate you, bud. Always looking out for me. Always supporting my work. You're the best. And until next time, goodbye.